Are you a fan of one of the three high schools in the town of Fort Mill? Well, you've come to the right place to catch up on all the information surrounding your favorite team. We're just three old dudes who love high school athletics and love the town of Fort Mill. Call us, the Mouthy Milltowners. Well, welcome into another edition of Mouthy Milltowners. We are back for another week. Uh, I am still not John Turner. This is uh, Mac Banks sitting with uh, Keith Cook and the Keith Cook dog name Blue. Blue. What kind of dog is this now? Let's see. Toy Poodle. A toy poodle. Yep. It's a cute little thing. How old? She is um, now three. Yeah, we got her in January of 2020. And uh, we've We've cut her with the teddy bear cut, so she looks like a little bit of a bear, son. Yeah, she's not too ferocious, and I still got, you know, eight of my fingers. So, hey, it's a start. Go. That's right. But uh, needless to say, another week in the books, a very, looking back, a very historical week, one that will go down in the record books as probably, obviously, the best week in Catawba Ridge athletic history, uh, needless to say. So... Um, we'll get right into it. If you've been living under a rock the past week and you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, both Catawba Ridge softball and the Catawba Ridge baseball teams came away with the 4A state championship in their respective sports. So um, let's talk about the, the shorter of the two series first, the softball. Catawba Ridge swept South Florence in two games to uh, finish 26-3 and on the season and uh, win their first state title in school history from a team aspect of it. Um, and then 24 hours later, uh, baseball, they beat uh, North Myrtle Beach in a three-game series, 2-1, to one, to win their second uh, state title team-wise in, in school history. So, But going back to softball, um, that was, a, that was a series that even though Catawba Ridge swept, it seemed like a series that was very back and forth from a game standpoint. In game one, you had um, it was a 7-6 win for Catawba Ridge in eight innings at home, but it was one of those back and forth games where South Florence will be on top for a while, Catawba Ridge will be on top for a while, and for them to stretch it to go eight innings, and uh, it was a surprising outcome considering the struggles that, you know, Catawba Ridge had from, from a pitching standpoint. Chloe Berger in that game pitched seven innings, gave up ten hits, six runs, but the key stat was eight walks, which is very uncharacteristic of her, very unusual of her. She still, despite eight walks given, she struck out eight. But, um, again, it was one of these back-and-forth games that if you're a fan – it's a nail biter. You don't want to see it happen. So, uh, Sarah Washelow with the uh, game winning hit, scoring Jaden Davis in the uh, bottom of the eighth inning. Sarah went two for five in the game, was a leading hitter for them. So, um, just a very intense game. Well, and you figure, as we've mentioned many times, that in the playoffs, you're going to see better pitching. In this case, the pitching wasn't really the problem. The offense was continuing to go back and forth with, with each team taking their own respective leads. And then it was just who was going to make the last play at the end of the game. And in this case, it was Catawba Ridge in game one. Yeah, I mean, Catawba Ridge was kind of down to their last 
at bat at one point. I think it was either the sixth inning. It was the sixth inning that they were able to rally and, and tie the game. So it, it got to that point where, you know, they were going to be needing to score to stay alive, and they did. And it was just a, an amazing game to watch, an amazing game to be at. Um, it's kind of crazy how everything worked out. Yeah, you could tell something wasn't right with, with Chloe. And she's and at that point, you know, it's, it's somewhat common knowledge now, but she's been having, I guess, a lot of pain in her arm, pitching arm, things like that. So, and I asked her after they clinched the championship down in South Florence, you know, you could tell you weren't the same what was going on. And she said she was hurting. Uh, I go, what, you know, what type of pain was it? And she's like, it was an eight. I'm like, out of 10? And she's like, yeah. And so just one of these things where her arm was giving her trouble. And it's, you got to look at it in softball. Pitchers are constantly used pretty much every game. Right. There's not a lot. Unlike baseball, it's not like a staff full of, you know, pitchers. So she's been pretty much towing the rubber, so to speak, pretty much for – 30 games now, this 100 year. 100 to 110 pitches a game sometimes yeah. as well. Yeah, so it, it's just amazing that, you know, these pitchers, especially in softball, are able to endure that. So you're going to expect some pain, I would think. Obviously, baseball and softball are a little bit different, but you're going to expect the overuse of the arm and things like that. You're going to expect some pain before um, when you get this far into the season before these games. So... Thankfully, she was able to work through it, and and Catawba Ridge got the timely hits. So game two, we go down to South Florence. It's a 10-7 win, and again, back and forth. Uh, Chloe Berger looked better. Uh, came away, her line was again seven innings, nine hits, seven runs, four walks, and three Ks. She cut down on the walks. Um, I think a lot of those walks in that, in that game, game two, was just – the umpire, for some reason, really started tightening up the strike squeezing zone. Her out. Yeah, yeah, he was squeezing her out, and you know, a lot of uh, yelling back and forth from the Catawba uh, Ridge faithful to the umpire because you know, where I was sitting and where I looked, it looked like those were strikes, but he was calling the balls, and she was frustrated, and it was it was frustrating for the fan base, really. But um, coming up big was uh Audrey Wilson going three for three with two doubles, two RBI or yeah, two RBIs. Uh Braylon Lawrence two for four with three RBIs. Again coming up big for um Catapa Ridge when they needed the timely hits. Again back and forth game in game two, just like in game one. Uh, but pretty much you know they had one inning where they were able to like pull away, score score three or four um runs and and that was what kind of clinched them it gave them the breathing room they needed that so south florence wasn't too right on top of them in regards to just suffocating them and getting runs so again a great series especially if you're a cr fan they finished 26 and 3 and it's kind of an amazing time because when you look back last year they were so close they lost north augusta getting swept you know, the year before that, they got to the upper state, but then lost to Lugolf Elgin. So finally, you could see the progression each year getting closer and closer. And, you know, this, you know, not to go too far out on a limb, but this this team has a good chance of 
getting back there again next year. I mean, Audrey Wilson, UNCC commit, she's going to be back. Uh, Berger is going to be back. Brandon Lawrence is going to be back. So Sarah Rochelle is going to be back. So again, a great atmosphere, and uh, they got a lot of potential. Well, we even said at the beginning of the year that we thought this might be the year that they finally get over that hump. And when we had Coach Kidd in the studio that one week, we even told him, we, we see the progression that's coming to where you got to the upper state, didn't get there, got to upper state last year, did get there and win, and then this year, obviously, the state championship. And when you have a nucleus like that, uh, that's, that's the type of, I guess, scenario where a – a dynasty, if you want to call it that, can be started. And going back to Chloe and her uh, pitching through the pain these last two games, that that's a testament to Coach Kidd because these these softball players obviously will run through a brick wall for him. And we discussed right. that as well about how much they really love him, and you know he takes care of all of them. And so Chloe's just masking that pain for these two games to try to gut this championship out. Yeah, and and from a from a baseball standpoint, she reminds me a little bit of, um, and this may be dating myself, a, an Oral Hershiser, yeah, Kurt Schilling type mm-hmm. of pitcher who, you know, Schilling's known obviously for the for the famous Bloody Sox, for the Red <laughs> Sox and everything, but Oral Hershiser, you know, he had the nickname the Bulldog, and she kind of reminds me that of just one of these players, these pitchers that are just going to bear down. I mean, her arm literally could be hanging off and she could be having numbness and whatever in it and she would still go out there and just, you know, throw. I mean, she's not one of these players that, you know, gets a hang now and be like, Coach, I need to sit out. So Players come to play is really what it is. Yeah, and, and a lot talking with Audrey Wilson and some other players after the game, they're like, we knew we needed to get Chloe's back. And, and I think that's one thing. Chloe had a lot of confidence in her ability obviously but also her teammates that knowing they're going to come up with the big hit knowing they're going to you know get the RBI and a lot of small ball so to speak for coach kids team I mean they were stealing bases left and right and you saw that throughout the playoffs as, as the playoffs were going on and it wasn't didn't happen as much in the finals but when they got that opportunity they would steal and you know that helped them obviously get runners in scoring position, which again, you know, gave them the opportunity to basically just put the ball in play because, you know, you're going to be able to score from third, you know, on a, on a pop fly or something like that versus, you know, if, you, if you're waiting around on first base for that double or for something big to happen. So congratulations to them. Again, history-making week for Catawba Ridge, especially the softball team being the first – team in school history to uh, get that state title. And uh, you got to think in a couple years, Catawba Bridge is probably going to be 5A. We'll see how they go. You know, they, they've got a good lineage, so to speak, with the, the programs they're building, especially in uh, softball and baseball. They've got state titles under their belt now. So we'll see how things go in the future. Well, and even in 5A, they're not going to have a problem because they competed with 5A schools all year this year as well and, and did well. So right. uh, I don't think that transition is going to be very difficult for them at all. No, no. And it's um, it'll be interesting to see how they do. Speaking of transitions, uh, let's talk a little baseball. Again, uh, the baseball team 
takes two out of three from North Myrtle Beach to win the series, win the 4A state title down in Hartsville. Um, it's kind of interesting. We were talking earlier this week about, you know, some of the most dangerous cities in <laughs> South Carolina. And you look at it, that list is like uh, Lancaster's on there, Hartsville's on there, Florence is on Greenwood. there. Yeah, North Myrtle Beach is on there. <laughs> it's just amazing that it just kind of ended up being that in some of the top 10 dangerous cities, you know, Guitar Bridge was in the entire week playing and things like that. <laughs> Thankfully, they got out of there uh, unscathed. But again, North Myrtle Beach, a pretty strong team. They were one and two all year, them and Catawba Ridge for the most part. Um, the Chiefs, you know, they put up a, a good fight, good, uh, especially in game one. They came out of game one winning five to three. The big hit there came from uh, Jake McCoy. Um, one for four for the three-run home run, three RBIs. They only got six hits in that game for Catawba Ridge. So you saw that first game and you thought they're in trouble. Well, especially when they had their ace, Jackson Mullen, on the mound. You figure we were going to show pretty pretty well. And last week when we were talking about this, we said that game one was going to be critical to the success of whoever wins that game because they have the luxury of being able to toy around with their pitching rotation and all that. So unfortunately, after game one, Catawba Ridge didn't have that luxury. So they were just they were going off the, the arms of Dine and McCoy. And fortunately, it paid off for Coach Swarzewski. Yeah, it did. And... and you know, Catawba Ridge losing at home, you're thinking, obviously then, it everything, momentum and everything shifts back to North Myrtle Beach. Because game two, being in North Myrtle Beach, um, it's a home game for them. I mean, between game one and game two, I saw some, some stats. I think there was nearly a 1,000 people, probably between 850 and 900 at Catawba Ridge as far as ticket sales. And then at North Myrtle for game two, there were over 900 in oh, ticket wow. sales, 900 people in ticket sales. So that's, They were hoping to see the clinch. Yeah, they were hoping to see the clinch. And, and you know, that's crazy because these ballparks really don't hold that many. They had people um, sitting in the outfield on, <laughs> on bleachers that they kind of brought in. Mm -hmm. So game two is a 4-1 win for Catawba uh, Ridge. Um, Barshall, Jonathan Barshall came up with a big hit. He went one for four, two RBIs, and a double. He came up with a big hit. They had one big inning where they scored three runs, and, um, you know, there you go. You're thinking that that could be, you know, that, that could be enough, and it, it was. Uh, Sam Schwab with a double in that game. Uh, ben Wilson going one for one with an RBI. So a 4-1 win. And then now you, it's all comes down to one game. And it's crazy that it, it comes down to that. Uh, each team goes up to the opposing team's home field and gets it done. Brings us to a rubber match game three. And Barshow, he's been really good throughout the playoffs. And you have that grand slam uh, against Greenville, I guess, mm -hmm. to keep them in the game and basically save their season. So he's been coming up big during the playoffs. Yeah, he, he has been coming up big. And he, he's kind of been quiet all year. And then... In these big moments, he's not one you're expecting, but he'll step to the plate and do something huge. So, you know, congratulations to him. He's a good hitter. He's coming around, and and he's going to do big things for them for sure. And then Dine is, you know, their hero, I think, during oh, this yeah. whole thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. And 
the line on Don in game two, five innings pitched, five hits, one run. Um, and that, and I think it's that first or second inning that North Myrtle Beach got that one run and then three walks and four Ks. So he's been – he doesn't get his name called out as much. He's not mm-hmm. – and Coach Stosh would say he's not as flashy as, you know, you don't hear about him as much as you do Mullen or McCoy. But there again, um, Bulldog mentality – was able to come through when his time is called and and he just again came up big for them and I think that's really going to be something that that they're going to need down the stretch next year players stepping up and uh so you got series tied at 1-1 and then we go to Hartsville and Hartsville um it's one of those places where you know it's a neutral field it's a long field if you've never been there I mean it's it, it's a very – it looks 3.30 down the line. Was it their high school or was it a Legion field? It, it was their high school field, but – and one weird thing about the whole thing is someone from uh, – I was standing with athletic director Rick Lewis and, and uh, assistant AD Alan Runyon, and a uh, high school league official came up and said, all right, so game three is at Hartsville Middle School. <laughs> okay. All right, well – so they don't. So you're thinking, all right. Well, they don't play at the high school. All right, whatever. So I like Google mapped it and looked at it, and I'm like, there's not a baseball field around there. <laughs> and so you know, I, I went over to the high school. You know, looking at Google Maps and everything, there's not any room for there. But they play it, and it's weird because as countryfied as Hartsville is, I mean, it's in the middle of nowhere. It is between Darlington and McBee, and it's. It's just like Magby. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Don't you would, blink, you'll miss it. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a speed trap on the yeah. way to the beach, pretty right. much. And you would think that there would be enough room, but apparently the high school was in, like, the middle of downtown, so there's not room there. So they play at a uh, at Jimmy White Park off mm-hmm. of Kellytown Road. <laughs> um, so it's it's one of these things that's kind of out in the middle of a field, Uh and you get there, and, and it's nice. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a nice nice park and everything, but it's it's long. It looks, again, like 3.30 down the lines. But you don't really know what to expect. You got McCoy on the bump. You know, you don't know what he's going to do. He comes out. He gives up a two-run home run in the first inning, and you're thinking, uh-oh. uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. But he was able to – it seemed like as the game went on, he was able to bear down, knuckle down, and – just be able to find a groove, which in a lot of times in these things, once pitchers get settled in and find a groove, they're able to to um, just, you know, not worry about things, shut their mind off, so to speak, and just pitch. And that's exactly what he did. This game resembled a lot like the softball games, a back-and-forth game for, for both teams. Um, when it's all said and done, there was that one big inning again, uh, Brennan Helms came up real big in this third indecisive game. Two for three, two RBIs, you know. And then I think it was uh, they scored three runs, and it's that three-run inning in the um, in the fifth inning, which they would go on to win seven to three. Ben Wilson again came up with big hits. McCoy Helms also came up with big hits. Final line for McCoy, six innings, six hits, three runs. One walk, nine Ks. And it was a very unassuming nine Ks. I mean... You wouldn't have known it. You wouldn't have known it had you not looked 
you know, down and down and, and started totaling things up, and you thought, wow, he had nine Ks. But um, and I, I think his pitching really, and then the timely hits by by Helms and Wilson came up big, and and that one inning, and it was at the fifth inning. So there you got two innings left, and right. you got to do something. Six outs to do it. Yeah. yeah, you got six outs to go, and despite being neutral, Catawba Ridge was you know the home team so they would have had the last at bat had it came down to it but um I think another pitcher that really kind of came in and, and did things throughout this season obviously but especially in this series was Caden Glauber mm-hmm. and looking at his line over the three games he pitched five innings you know two in the first two in the second one in the third five innings total in three games allowed two hits one run, which was that one run came in that first game, mm-hmm. and and they were already down four to one at that point, or three to one that made it four to one. He walked two and struck out seven in three games. So Incredible. one point four strikeouts a, an inning basically, and he came up big. And again, you mentioned Brendan Helms, and he was big in the Lawrence series. So a different player would step up for Catawba Ridge to contribute to getting them where they were and ultimately the state champions. Yeah, and, you know, I talked to um, McCoy after the game. I talked to uh, Coach Stoss. But McCoy, you know, being a senior going to Walford, you know, he's like – and I didn't realize that Catawba Ridge is like graduating like 11 kids from last year's team. Right, right. And – this team did not play as young as it was. It played with a lot more experience. It played with a lot more. You would think that there was a lot more seniors on this team right. yeah. and upperclassmen than there were. I mean, Glover's a freshman for right. crying out loud. Yeah. yeah. And and this kid, you know, and I've had coaches tell me that this kid's probably going to get drafted. Now, obviously not this year, but when he's a senior, mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if somebody picks. Caden Glover up oh, yeah, absolutely. in the Major League Draft. So. Well, and, and I was talking with somebody yesterday about the same thing, about how Catawba Ridge arguably was more talented last year based on how many people they graduated and all the kids that went off to school to play and all that. And so to be able to come back and lose as much as they did and win, I mean, we were talking about Dynasty with the girls team. He's got all these young guys that he can continue to play with and, and build around them, and they can get back there again next year. Yeah, they can, and you know I'm not sure exactly who they lost. I know they lost McCoy, mm-hmm. and that you know that could be a big blow. But Glauber's been used mostly as a reliever and a closer and a closer as a yeah, and coming in from the bullpen, so to speak. So does he make the transition to starter? Possibly. I I don't know. Well, Jeffrey Madoff did that at Nation Ford. He was a he was a closer, and then Stosh brought him in to be the the ace his senior year. So I guess. That could happen. Stosh has done that before, so maybe he move, he gives Glover the opportunity in the bullpen to show, to prove himself, basically, and as a freshman. And then so now the sky's the limit for him, especially yeah. as well as he's pitched in these playoff series. Yeah, and, and looking at Glover, I didn't realize this until game two, and I was talking with people down at Myrtle Beach. He's got the pedigree. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize this. His father pitched two years in the majors for the Cincinnati Reds. Right. And I didn't know that until game two. So 
obviously the kid knows what he's doing. He, you know, he's got the pedigree. So one would, one would think that, you know, he could obviously easily make that transition from reliever to starter. And sometimes in these things, it's just a matter of, you know, you got, you know, he hasn't been in his spot. I mean, a lot of kids were joking down there during game three that, you know, he's going to be coming in trying to close out game three of the 4A state championship. And last year he was pitching for Banks, Banks Trail, Trail, right? Banks Trail Middle School. <laughs> I mean, and you, you know, like I said, it goes back to these kids, despite their youth, didn't play like they were that young. They played like they were seniors, like they were upperclassmen, like they'd been there before. They never look nervous whenever you see them. No matter what game you watch throughout the season, they went out there looking like, yeah, we're going to win this game. And and they they didn't lose their head. I mean, they could have easily lost their head. After game one. After game one, they could have lost their head in game three after getting down 2 nothing in mm-hmm. the first inning. But they they rallied. They stayed the course. They stayed calm. And – it's just amazing that they could keep their head with that much pressure on it. And I don't think they realize the amount of pressure because you can look at the parents and look and at they're fans. Dying. And they're and they're like, yeah, they're literally melting in your seat. And that's that's another thing. There was no melting in Hartsville on on Friday because it was freezing. Oh, it was okay, more yeah. it was more like um preseason baseball weather. Going to Clover for the preseason tournament. Yeah, like you like you feel like down I guess obviously there's weather issues that we've had been having this week with all this rain we're getting, but mm-hmm. it was uh it was freezing down there. It was uh definitely did not feel like May baseball weather. But um congratulations to you know CR softball, CR baseball and you gotta wonder it's it's a historic week for Catawba Ridge, they're only four years old. And this is their fourth year. You know, the, the freshmen that came in as freshmen have now graduated. And, you know, I'm just glad they were able to work things out in regards to scheduling. I know mm-hmm. we had talked about the last week. With graduation. With graduation right. and where they're going to be playing on Saturday and, and how they were going to do that. Thankfully, the girls played on, on I think it was Thursday. Mm-hmm. And they clenched it, it in two and wrapped it up. And they were going, if there was a game three, they were going to play game three on Saturday after graduation in um, in Westwood, at Westwood High School. Okay. And I think that's, you know, going back to the softball, that was one thing I think affected maybe a little bit South Florence because on Thursday, the day of game two, they graduated. Mm-hmm. So you don't know how distracted they were, how, you know, out of it in regards to mentally – you know, I guess you got to get up for something like that, the graduation, and it's a very key moment in these kids' lives. And then you got to keep that that high, so to speak, into and keep focused into, with all the distractions going on, into a game two, which was obviously a, a series clinching game. So, congratulations to both of them. You kind of wonder now, what team from CR is is right on the, the edge of being able to do something like that right well and I don't know how often it is that the same school wins state championship in both softball and baseball in the same year it probably very few and far between if ever if any I mean maybe Wando's had that a couple times I don't I'm know. sure Oceanside, Oceanside right but but here is 
the town of Fort Mill sitting on top of the 4A baseball and softball world at the same time, that's, that's pretty impressive for our, our tiny little town here in the upstate. Yeah, and I think that's obviously the first time that, it, that it's happened. You know, there was an opportunity last year, it just didn't mm -hmm. work out. But this is obviously in the history of the Fort Mill School District, and I can think of that, you know, Fort Mill's held a softball state championship and a baseball state championship at the same time. And regardless of school <clears throat> anyway, but that it's at the same school is crazy. Right, that it's at the same school. But if you, you look back over this year that we've had, you know, um, Fort Mill girl, girl swimming and Fort Mill wrestling, Nation Four lacrosse, and then the softball and baseball for CR. So five, five state championships, and and obviously the first time that it's ever happened at all three schools. That all three schools. I saw something on Twitter. Somebody tweeted this out that all three schools won a state championship this year, and that's never happened. Obviously, right? With, yeah. With Catawba Ridge, so they've never champion. won one until this year, and then they won two in the same weekend. Yeah, two <laughs> really, and it was literally twenty-two hours apart. Right. And and it's amazing. That they were able to do that because with softball going first and then baseball being last you don't want to like end the season on that letdown and and that's kind of what you know could have happened but it didn't thankfully so yeah just a, a crazy crazy week um a lot of traveling a lot of back and forth up and down the road for the school so um did you see the i don't know if you saw on social media the stash exactly 25 years to the day that they won he won a state championship in high school in florida right. and there's a video of it where there's the last out and you see him coming running out because he was the catcher and he hadn't changed a bit <laughs> in 25 years but the fact that it happened exactly 25 years ago was that's pretty impressive too yeah that is very impressive and i did i did not realize that but yeah. um he gave a lot of a lot of props to just the athletic setup and athletic department at CR, their strength and conditioning coaches, their athletic trainers. Mm -hmm. He gave a lot of um, credit to them for, for getting the team ready, keeping the team ready throughout the year, the off-season stuff they do. And you, you wonder how much of a influence and how much of a help that was. You know? Yeah. So. And he's... You know, he's obviously cemented himself as one of the greatest coaches in Fort Mill Township history. He was doing great things over here at Nation Ford before he left, and had it not been for the injury bug in 2019, he had an opportunity to win a state championship over there as well. Mm -hmm. So now that he was able to build the program from the ground up, he's starting to see all the fruits of his labor, and that's you know great for him. I'm very proud of him. I'm sure that Every text that comes in for me, he's got a good eye roll, much like everybody else does when I send him a text. Right. But, but he's, uh, yeah, he's been very humble about it. And, I mean, congratulations to him and all those guys and Mike and, and Jamie and all those guys. It's been really, really fun to watch even from the outside. Yeah, and you look at it, you, you look at it that Michael Kidd was at Nation 4 before he came to CR. Mm -hmm. Now, he had retired for a little bit, but he won a state title at um, – Nation Ford mm -hmm. in 2011 in softball, and then now 2023 gets one for uh, Catawba Ridge, and you know it's just it's amazing that these these coaches that are able to do this and that they've coached at other teams and other other schools and everything, but it's all in Fort Mill. Right. So um, a big shout out to them and congratulations to them. They have definitely uh, 
earned it. We're very sure. fortunate to have the coaches we have in this city. <laughs> yes, we definitely are. Um, and a lot of these coaches, you know, you don't hear about any off-field incidences from them, stuff like that. Uh, we're very blessed that their focus is on the kids, it's on the program, it's on, you know, winning. And uh, they do a great job. They, they really do. And uh, you can't tip your hat enough to them. So, I agree with that. Well, I mean, it's been a year. I know. I can't <laughs> it's believe it. It's been a year. Well, we, so, when we first started this up, I thought, wow, yeah, here comes you know, the first football game. And now all of a sudden the last baseball game's over and, and the season is, uh, the school year's finally complete. Yeah, it seems like it, uh, it's kind of flown by. Um, but we're not necessarily done. We've got Legion Baseball we'll be talking about mm-hmm. uh, coming up in a couple of weeks and, and things like that. And that that is kind of making the transition now from um, high school stuff into Legion Baseball. And uh, obviously with now that spring sports is over, you, you start looking at uh, high school football. Uh, you know, we really didn't talk about May football and practice and stuff like that. But as the summer rolls on, there'll be seven on seven and, and different things getting ready for kickoff in August, which mm-hmm. really it's only two 11, months away. Yeah, two months away, 11 weeks roughly. It doesn't feel like it out there, no, but it's. No, it feels like it's. I'll do January. two days out there in this every day, not in July, though. Yeah, it feels like it's January outside, <laughs> but um, that's really only 10, 11 weeks away. So mm-hmm. we'll be gearing up and talking about that. But again, uh, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, you know, if it wasn't for you guys, we really would be just talking to nobody, talking to ourselves. So we appreciate everybody out there listening. Again, we're on Spotify, on Apple. Uh, like us, give us a thumbs up, give us some star reviews and things of that sort. And uh, we, again, will uh, be back and we appreciate everything that you guys have done as our audience. And we thank you and we thank the coaches, especially for and athletes for coming on and, and talking with us and kind of making uh, this first academic year that we've really covered a successful one. So again, for uh, Keith Cook and myself, I'm Mac Banks and JT will be back sooner than later. So uh, he'll be back in the studio again with us. And we just thank you again. And uh, we'll see you down the road.